0: Hey good people, this is your N.I. Dom, back with another reflection. And this is a personal journal for contemplative people looking to think, grow, and have impact in the world. So hey, I'm here to talk about calibration. That is my starting point, calibration. So the technical or the definition of calibration is the act of adjusting to account for external factors. And that's kind of a hybrid definition. I'm not reading that. Um, I did go into to the internet just to get a definition to make sure that I was using the right word. Um, and there were several definitions for calibrate, but there was the one that I liked that relates to where I'm starting today. It's this act of adjusting um, based on some external conditions. So if you have a starting point or a mission or a, an a, um, an entity that was designed to do a certain thing and then that entity goes into the environment and experiences some unknowns, then in order for that entity to do the thing that it was said to do, you're going to have to adjust for those unknowns. You're going to have to calibrate. So. So let's just say calibrating is adjusting for unknowns. Okay? Um, so that's my starting point. I am going to just tell you up front, I'm not sure if I am going to stay in this topic. I, always, I know I've been saying that lately, like, this is my starting point. I don't know where I'm going to go. Um, and that's just the nature of the reflection. But today, I'm feeling a number of um, things ruminating, floating around in my head. And I'm going to try to make them connect. I suspect that they connect to calibrating or calibration, but I don't know for sure until I get inside of it. So my starting point is calibration. Okay. The, um, the act of adjusting for the unknowns and, um, and we'll see where this goes. All right. Let me do a couple of disclaimers. Um, you guys, I am in season five. I have dropped my frequency down to 25 episodes, I don't know if I'm going to be able to fulfill that because I've just done three reflections this week alone. Today is Saturday and I think I did a reflection on Sunday and then I did one on Monday or Tuesday. So that's three for the week, right? There's no way I'm going to be able to uphold the 25 episode commitment, but I really want to try Um, because there's something unsettling for me. I'm going to be honest. There's something, there are two reasons why I'm trying to drop my frequency. One reason is there's something unsettling for me to have so many reflections out in the world. I used to call it the wild, wild west, right? Cause I'm doing really honest reflecting. This isn't, this is about as raw as you're going to get, right? I'm sharing so much of my inside me to the world And for the most part, I'm okay with it, except the frequency of it bothers me. This is why I'm trying to not necessarily migrate to YouTube, but trying to incorporate YouTube, because with YouTube, I can control those uh, reflections. I can put them on private, or I can delete it. I can't do that with the podcast. So once I hit the release button, it's out there. And when I, um, so that's, that's, that's a big part of it. It's just, it's just too much. (laughs) It's just too much of me in the world that I cannot control. I need to be able to control it. I'm an INTJ, by the way. (laughs) Um, the other reason why I am trying to drop my frequency is because I am realizing Mm, that's not true. I'm not realizing it. I've learned about myself, my productive, my production levels. Like I've learned over my adult life things that interfere with my production levels. And once I realize a thing interferes with my production levels, I I stop doing that thing or I limit it. So I learned in my late twenties, I was about 29, I think, that. I love reading historical romances. I don't, I don't love it as much now, but I did. And I found that when I was reading those historical romances, I wasn't as productive in my life. So yes, I loved historical romances, but not enough to interfere with my production. Um, I feel like there are a couple of things that have happened that are similar. And I'm realizing that this project is similar to that. And it may be both of my podcasts. I'm not sure because I have a primary podcast that this podcast slowed me down from podcast number one. So once I started doing podcast number two, I stopped committing to podcast number one. I didn't stop it altogether. I just don't have a committed schedule anymore. And that's okay if this, if podcast number two is the heart of what I want to do, but I don't yet know that. I have never said this out loud. There is, yes, I did. In season one, I talked a little bit about it. I do believe podcast two will have functionality for me. I believe there is something that I want to do with podcast number two, which you're listening to me right now, but I'm in no way, I'm not in a position to prioritize it. So how I've been using podcast number two is to continue to imagine that this potential, right? I'm imagining something that's Possible, right? I haven't talked about what I'm imagining. Yes, I have a little bit, but none, I haven't really, um, unfolded it because it's not, I'm not done imagining it. So podcast number two is helping me to imagine. It's helping me to develop my skills for the thing that I want to do in the future. And it's building my confidence so I can clearly see my confidence building, um, in terms of being able to freestyle it. In terms of me being able to be honest with, with myself, like those are the things I was able to do. Podcast number two has really helped me to do that. Develop my skills for freestyling, being unedited and unscripted and building my confidence about who I am and what I want to give off to the world. So those two things are priceless. Um, and then the third thing is it is, it is helping me to think about the future what I want to do in the future. So I don't want to shut this project down because I want to continue to think about the future. Imagine the future. I want to continue to strengthen my skills and I want to continue to build, not build my confidence, but this is really important. I really want you guys to to hear this. I used to joke around like you need to go get you a podcast. If you're listening to me, go get a podcast, Right. In this podcast, I can be who I believe I am. There is absolutely no interruption of that. Who I believe myself to be. When I hit the record button, I show up authentically. This is about as authentic as I think I can be. And as a result, I now come face to face with my Authenticity. So that when I'm in the world, I can measure. I can measure my degree of authenticity against something. In the absence of having something that shows me, lock it in here. This is where you who, who you are, your most authentic self. In the absence of having a model, I was operating in the world, not really knowing how to measure if I was authentic or not, or to to the to what degree in which I was authentic. I love that about this project. I really do. And sometimes I have to go out there and mimic. I have to. It's just the, it's the way of the world. I have to sometimes go out there and, and mimic and adjust. I have to do it. But when I do it, I know that I'm mimicking. I don't get confused on who I am. I don't get confused on who, on who I am based on who the world tells me I need to be. And I guarantee you that's happening to you. If you listening to me, I guarantee you, if you do not know who your most authentic self is, I guarantee you, you are going to be in the world and you will be confused on who you are based on what somebody else said you need to be. So whether you get a podcast or not, you need to have a way of knowing your model of authenticity and locking that baby in. I didn't plan on going down there, but I did not plan on saying that. But there's somebody who's listening to me who needed to hear that. And I want to, I hope that if this is you, do something with this that I've just shared. Know your most authentic self. Lock it in and always measure your performance in the world based on that. Okay. All right. (laughs) So in in the, in the spirit of all of that, um, we're going to go into me giving my disclaimers after 10 minutes I'm going to give an abridged version of that okay? I just said all of that to say that there is a reason why I am uh, shutting down or dropping my frequency in this particular episode and why I will not shut it down I thought about it but I'm not going to And and I know that there are some of you who probably need me to have more frequency. And so this is what I wanted to tell you to do. Please go to YouTube. Because I am, I am, I do process a lot. I do need to release. I'm just going to do it under YouTube more. So I have greater controls over it. So help a sister out. Show some support. Go to my YouTube channel. Um, subscribe, like, comment on those episodes, Okay. Um, those are shorter episodes. They feel different, but it's all me. It's still the same until we get to the place I need to be, where I'm done imagining what's next. There's something I want to do in the world. I'm not no. I'm nowhere near being able to do it. I'm still in the imagining process. So I'm I'm inviting you to stay with me as I figure out how to get to that destination. Okay, so don't don't kick me to the curb because I'm not releasing as many episodes as I was. Don't kick me to the curb, okay? (laughs) Hang in there with me. All right, thank you so much. All right, so if you're new to this project, this is a personal journal where I process my inner and my outer worlds. I do so by using personality theory. The two that I use the most are the Myers-Briggs and the Enneagram, pushing those two systems together. I identify as an INTJ-8. Also identifies an African-American woman from a lower socioeconomic background and from intergenerational trauma. There is more identities that I hold, but you're going to have to come to another episode because I'm done. <laughs> I'm, not gonna, I'm over my time. I'm over my time. Darn it. But I had to give those those housekeeping notes. I've already said that this project is unedited, is unscripted. If you want to know more about it or me, go to my website at yournidom.wordpress.com. All right. Let's talk about Calibration. So I have told you guys that I started a new job and I'm, I don't know if I've talked to you a little, I don't know if I've given any information as to what the job is. I didn't tell you the process that I went through. I maybe talked about how I had three interviews, um, And one of the reasons why I haven't talked a lot about the job is because there's a high level of uncertainty with it. There were so many stages of getting it that I could not talk about it until I went through all of those stages. And now that I've gone through all of the stages, I'm still not secure in it. Um, because I got to now make sure I'm a fit, right? And I don't have any control over someone determining if I'm a fit or not. What I like to believe that there are due processes that would have to go, that someone would have to go through if I'm not a fit to like, just kick me out. I feel pretty safe in saying that. That there would have to be a process that someone would have to go through to just kick me out. I'm not really worried about that. But my insecurity resides in you making my life a living hell. You can't fire me, per se, right off the top. But you can make my life a living hell, which is what my previous job did. And so all of that relates to calibration. All of it. All of it, the other job, the new job, <laughs> this project, all of it is about calibration. and that's uh, that's just what I want to talk about. Um, so there's so many things I want to say. Let me start here. I think where why hit the record button is because there is some uncertainty. Mm. Mm. Man, I don't have an answer to these. There's some ambiguity about what it is that I'm doing now. So my focus is blurred. I gotta bring I gotta bring my focus back into I gotta fix I gotta I gotta put my there it is. I gotta put my destination back in focus. Cause my destination is a little blurry right now. This is why I'm t- I need to talk about calibration. And I'm confused about it. I'm not confused about my destination as much as I am confused about why it's blurry. And maybe I'm more confused about how to bring that destination into focus. There's confusion. And I'm hoping that this conversation on calibration will make me less confused. I don't know. It could possibly make me more confused because clearly anytime I linger like this, I'm having a hard time getting in, dropping into the pocket of the reflection. Maybe you guys, I'm 15 minutes in and I'm not, I'm having a hard time getting in the reflection. That's because I'm struggling with something. I know that about myself. Thank you to podcast number two that I'm dancing around the the peripheral of the reflection because I don't know how to get in it. So I want to hang in here. Please hang in here with me. Okay, so. If you would have asked me five years ago today, this is 2022. If you would have asked me in 2017 where I was going I would have been very where I were my destination, I would have been very clear. Or I would have I believed I was clear. I don't I don't think I was that clear, but I believed I was clear. Let me tell you what I would have said. I needed to have autonomy in I needed to have a work life where I had autonomy, creativity, and independence. And I struggle between saying autonomy and independence because they're very similar, but they're different. And how I've negotiated that with myself is that autonomy is to be able to think about the work on my own. So autonomy is more in my head. And and I need to look these two words up because i have just, they could, it probably doesn't even matter. They might be synonyms of each other. Hold on, I got to go look it up. Hold on, you guys. Okay, I just, I'm back. I briefly looked at Google <laughs> and I don't know if I'm satisfied with what I'm about to tell you. So I'm going to say something. Do your own search. Do your own meditation. But I'm just going to take this definition and, and make this point about where I was five years ago. So independence is a state of being free. Autonomy is the act of pursuing, of freely pursuing something. And so I, this idea, let's just go with it, this state of being free and the act of independently pursuing something. Um, and then creativity, my creativity. And so I knew that that was what my work life needed to entail. And because of that independence and that autonomy, um, did I say independence? Anyway, um, I saw a big portion of that as having my own, um, organization. And it's a, it's a spinoff of two organizations I've already created. So it's, um, maybe I never said this, it's a merging of two organizations that I've created that are no longer really active. One was a significant uh, breadwinner for me. I was able to significantly take care of myself through one of those organizations. And the other one was fun, and I made money off of it, but I did not make a living off of it. So this third organization that I have been building brings those two together. That was going to let me have independence, autonomy, and creativity. Um, but to get there, I wasn't sure how to, I wasn't sure how to get there. Or, let me put it this way, Let me, let me say it differently. Getting to that destination where I was independent, autonomous, and creative. I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the pursuit of it. So even though I didn't have the, so one thing they say about INTJs, we can have a, um, we can come up with steps, step one, step two, step three, step four. I do believe that 85% of the time, but if, and this is me as an INTJ, I'd love to know what other INTJs would say to this. But if you if that place you're going exists in an intuitive realm, you're not a hundred percent sure what those steps are. You're not. So in an environment like when I work, what I love about the working for someone else, right? I love, this is one of the reasons why I do like work being employed as opposed to um, not self-employed. So whether I'm self-employed or employed, this we're going to put that under the umbrella of employed, right? What I love about it is because the destination is already defined. I then refine it. I can come up with very creative steps to get there. I, I, I can... I can get to that destination faster than other people, more effective than other people, right? And I'm able to do it in a way that's, that that uh, shows some no- level of novelty. Like, oh wow, I didn't know that. I love that about the work. I love that about the work uh, about working in as an employee, whether it's working in my own organization or working for someone else's. But when you are when you are imagining something that doesn't exist and then you're trying to implement that thing, those steps are not always clear because you have to lean heavily into the intuitive process and allow that intuitive process to unfold. And hence it's the calibration. Um, so I talk about the husband and wife team a lot. There was an episode, I couldn't even begin to tell you what the name of the episode was. Um, but I listened to it maybe three years ago. And I don't know if it was released three years ago. I just happened to list, uh, listen to it three years ago. And I've heard them say this a lot about um, the difference between an INTJ and the ENTJ. INTJs are slower to act than ENTJs. ENTJs live in the action. INTJs, we're going to think about it. We're going to keep thinking and thinking and thinking about it <laughs> until we decide to take action, right? And so, what they were suggesting in this particular episode is just take action. Take action and then calibrate along the way. And I, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Except it can feel like it's a waste of time sometimes because you're not, you're, it's like, building a bridge and crossing it at the same time. And while you're walking that bridge and building it, it's not always easy. It's not always, It's not easy. That act of walking the bridge can interfere with the building of that bridge. And when I say the building of the bridge, I'm talking about Understanding it conceptually, the imagining part. I, I ultimately believe they're right though. I ultimately believe it's better to walk and build it than to sit and keep imagining the bridge. I absolutely believe that. I just want to account for the fact that it does require a lot of calibrating, it requires a lot of calibration. And I don't know a way around it when that thing is in your imagination. This is the other thing about being an N.I. Dom. And I've heard the husband and wife team talk about this as well. And I believe it. Uh, I, I, I believe it as an N.I. Dom, as an introverted, intuitive, dominant person. You can imagine something, but because we are tethered to that Inferior function, extroverted sensing, there's only so much of that thing we can imagine. Because that thing that we need to implement will have a physical dimension once it's implemented. And because we don't have a primary relationship with the physical world, we don't know how to imagine all of the physical specs or the physical dimensions of the thing. Which is why we need to walk and build at the same time so that we can experience the physical dimensions. And then that requires us to calibrate. You guys, I don't know if you're following me, but so far this is helping me. I feel better now. I do feel a little better because, right. So the thing that I was imagining five years ago, I conceptually understood it. I conceptually understood it. I had it all researched. I didn't yet fully know how to implement it, but even now, even now that I know how to implement the thing, here's the dilemma: in the implementing of it, there is going there is going to be the absence of income. You guys know I talk about money a lot. You know I talk about my relationship to money, <laughs> and it's not that I have our time managing money. <laughs> That there's a politics of getting the money. <laughs> it's political, right? Money is political. You don't know it's political when you're in political alignment. Let me let me say a step here for a second because some of you might be like, it's not political. You don't know it's political when you are in political alignment with the person or the entity that's giving you the money. But the moment you step out of that political alignment, you are going to know it is political. Don't get it twisted. You are going to know that. So, uh, anyway, in that, in the, in the political pursuit of money or in the political alignment of money or however you want to say it, in the political phenomenon of money, I've had to embrace that as a dynamic tension to implementing the thing that I was intuiting. So you have the physical dimension and then you have the political dimension as relating to money and then you have the conceptual dimension. And when I say the conceptual I like I said I did all my research about what that entity is that was going to give me independence, autonomy, and creativity in my work life. There's another part of this thing that I was trying to imagine in 2017. And I want to say I'm struggling there, but I don't know if the struggle is in getting the thing. I'm going to tell you what it is in a second. Or if the struggle is in understanding if that thing is even realistic for who I am as an individual. So there's this other part, like, so I can, this whole work thing, that's a big part of me. Work is my play. I love it. It fulfills me. But it's not all of what I want to do in the world. I also want to have relationships. And I want to have other forms of play. I'm even learning that I can get other forms of play without the relationships. But I... I'm not struggling with the play, believe it or not. Like I just had some breakthrough um, on play. I did, I did a couple of episodes on play, I think in June. So I'm I feel pretty good about play. Better than I even felt in June, right? And I'm also realizing that some of that play I can do independently. I have parked play. I have parked play for a number of reasons. Number one, I didn't acknowledge that work for me was play. I didn't, but I I embraced that about a year ago, maybe two years ago. Work for me is play. I enjoy work; it's incredibly fulfilling for me. And I had to be okay with that, because everybody around me talks differently about work. So then I'm like, I just didn't know how to embrace my own truth. I did not know how to embrace my own reality. Work is play. I love it. Okay, of course there are times when it's stressful. You guys witnessed that (laughs) you witnessed it, but even then I hung in there. People were like, I can't believe you're still hanging in here. I can't believe you're still coming into work every day. Oh yeah. Because there was something I was still getting out of it. Okay. Park that. So that was the one thing I had to embrace with play. The other thing about play I had to embrace is that it's relation uh, that I'm thinking that play is relational. That in order to do the kind of play I want, I got to have a certain kind of, certain people in my life. And it makes me sad that I've, it's taken me, you know, 51 years to figure that out. Because I feel like I've wasted time. I really do. Because what's happening to, what's happened what has happened to me in the last month or so is I'm realizing that I enjoy, (laughs) I enjoy my own company. (laughs) I'm laughing because of this episode that I did about. Solicit solacist, I can't say that word. But there was this guy on YouTube who talked about INTJ women being very self-absorbed, very so self, into themselves. <laughs> and I kind of pushed back on that. But here is a to his point. I enjoy my own company. I'm I'm seriously, I'm seriously coming to understand that. And accept that I seriously enjoy my own company. (laughs) It's insane. It's insane. And the reason why it's the reason why I have to admit that is because I have to then tell myself when I go into the presence of someone else, they're not going to give me as much fulfillment as I can give myself. This is deep, (laughs) y'all. I'm a little bit embarrassed to say it that way, but it is true. I remember. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm telling like four stories within a story. I'm, I'm still on track. Just bear with me. All right. Just I'm going somewhere. I'm drilling down. This might sound like to that uh, YouTube video I did on uh, responding to a YouTube person called Ligh Joe, and she was like, "Ni and any, N-E, anys." Kind of move from topic to topic. And I'm saying it can look like I'm moving from topic to topic, but I'm doing these different topics or these different stories so I can drill down to get to the essence so I can get granular. And that's the only way I know to do it. So anyway, when I was in my 20s and I was going to the club, I learned how to go to the club by myself. This is not going to the bar. It's not going to the coffee shop with a book, sitting at a coffee shop with a book by yourself. This is not going to the bar at the end of the day and you start having a relationship with the bartender, which I can do that too. Cause I can go to I can go to a coffee shop by myself. I can go to the bar by myself. I was in a new city and I like to go out dancing. And I love the club scene. And we should talk about that as an extrovert or introverted thing. You guys are you know I just talked about it. Uh, that last episode, INTJ Extroversion, so go check it out, okay, because there is an extroverted side of me, but it's INTJ Extroversion. So this is the whole point. So, I wanted to go to the club. I had no friends in this new city, in the new state, and I wanted to club it, and it was hard. I was like, just try. Just try. I remember... Get it parking. Get in a line. I kept saying they don't know. They don't know you're going out by yourself because I was worried. Like, what are people gonna think about me? What are they gonna think about me? I said they don't know. You could be meeting a friend inside. Your friends are already in inside. They don't know why you're standing in line by yourself. Maybe once I got through that, because what happened when I would go out with my friends? We didn't always stand by each other anyway. My favorite friends to go out to the club with, we would get going together. We like have our little corners where we check back in with each other, but we were off doing our own thing, dancing, flirting, do whatever we were doing. And then we would check in with each other. I don't know how we did that without cell phones. I think at that time, I think cell phones were a thing. Yes. I think I did have a cell phone. I gotta say, when did cell phones come out? Anyway. So yeah, when I was able to, so that was what I did with my friends. And I could do it when I went in that club by myself. Had a ball. Then I learned that was one thing. That was one thing I learned to do by myself. Then when I learned I enjoyed dancing by myself, I seriously learned I appreciate dancing with myself than I do with a partner. You guys are probably totally judging me right now. I know you're judging me. I know it. Because <laughs> I'm judging myself. <laughs> But that's true. When I got to the point where I realized I prefer I prefer to dance with myself than to dance with another person, this is ridiculous, then it's not that I won't dance with another person. What I'm saying is I like dancing with myself better, more. So I said all of that to say, um... I don't even know why I went down. Now really, I don't know why I went down that rabbit hole. Let me try to bring it back. There's, there, I truly enjoy, I enjoy doing things on my own. And so I'm now realizing that there is a certain type of play outside of work. I don't go to clubs anymore. Um, there's some other things that I've been wanting to do for play and I have just assumed that I needed to have people with me. And I've just realized in the last month or so that I can do those things by myself. It's just like I go do karaoke by myself. And I have what I would consider karaoke friends. So, like, and mostly I don't do things with them outside of that one space. Periodically, like I might do something with one person today, but it's related to music. And so we might go to do that together. Maybe not. (laughs) We'll see how that goes. But outside of work, I really have um, not understood play. And I feel like I've been really meditating on play a lot, like I said, since season four. And I feel pretty good about it. So especially now that I know that I can do play as a solo, like I can do play independently and still be around other people. And that might be good for me because then I might make friends. That might be the way that I can meet people doing the things that I want to do. Except what I have wasted so much time doing is waiting to find the people to do the things that I'm interested in doing. And they're not in my world. They're not in my orbit. So all this time has been lost waiting for people that have the same interest that I have as relates to play. And what I've said in the last few weeks, month or whatever, do the thing independently and you're going to meet the people. It's, it's inverted. You guys, if you're an introvert, if you're, I don't, and I feel like that, that could be, a, that could be an introverted quality. That could be an, an issue of introversion. I don't know for sure. Because I'm not a high introvert. I'm a social introvert. I don't want to sit in the house all day. But I do want to enjoy the things that I want to do. Whereas I think other, like, extroverts want to be with people first and then do the thing. With me, I want to do the thing. And if then there are the people are there that want to do the thing that I want to do, great. But if there's a thing that I want to do that's first and the people are second. And I'm wondering if for extroverts, it's the people that's first and then the thing. I don't know if you're an extrovert and you're listening to me, or if you're an introvert and you're listening to me, definitely let me know what you think. You're in idown.wordpress.com. <laughs> so anyway. <sighs> so anyway. In 2017, I didn't understand that about play. So that was fuzzy. In 2017, I was still envisioning that I wanted to build my friendship group because I, I have had friendship groups before. I wanted to have that. I definitely need a new family structure. This is something I'm actually sad about. I'm I'm dealing with some sadness about family stuff. And and I want to come back and do a separate episode on that. So I need, yeah, so there's that family void is something that I haven't resolved. But in terms of social and play, I didn't understand it in 2017. With the business, with the work, I didn't understand the fit. I didn't know how to, um I didn't know all of the physical dimensions of it. And I didn't know, I did not know how to live in pursuit of those things. That's not completely true because I did it right. But my way of doing it as I, I when I went and got jobs, I've had four jobs in three years. The past three years in August, I was starting a new job. That's deep y'all. That's significant on so many levels. But all of that pursuit was me trying to get, this is, this is the calibration part. All of those new jobs we're about me pursuing something. And in my mind I'm still pursuing that 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 organization. Anyway, I feel like I'm gonna I feel like this is this is, okay, let me just, cause I feel like this is it's getting difficult for me, but let me try to stay the course. <sighs> okay, so this is, this is, this is the, this is a challenge and this is what I need to, this is what I need to consider for calibration. And I don't know if I'm going to fully calibrate in this particular reflection, but I'm going to at least think, hopefully I'll have clarity. Hopefully. So, I, Needed, I in 2017, it wasn't just 2017, but that's just the point that I want to, I want to use that year. I had two pursuits that were, to, that were together a quality of life, a, a, a way of living. That's it right there. There it is. There's a third component here. I have my eyes closed while I'm talking to you guys, so I can see it. I literally am talking to you with my eyes closed right now. Okay, because I need to see this. There was the work pursuit, the kind of work I wanted to do with that. So it was the, it was that kind of work I wanted to do, and that organization was going to give me that kind of work. That's so good, right there. Then I wanted this this kind of social thing that I think I was misinformed. I don't know why. I, I I because it probably comes because I came from a big family. So I'm used to having a lot of people around me, but this is something I've realized. This is the definite loss for me with my family because I like having a lot of people around me where I don't have to do a lot of engaging. I like the chatter around me. I like the noise. I like I like watching the people more so than I'm engaging with them. This is something I'm just really understanding. That's why I can go to a club. That's why I can go to by myself by myself. I like the noise of it. I like the activity of it around me. Doesn't mean I'm doing, I'm not spending that energy. It's an interesting thing, right? But I didn't understand that in in 2017. Anyway, those were my two pursuits. And the third pursuit was just a type of quality of life that I wanted. The quality of life where I had the social even if, even though that needed to be calibrated, but I, that's where I wanted. I wanted a certain kind of social. I wanted a certain kind of work. And together, that gave me a quality of life. That's, that's it right there. Now, in the midst of that, from that as my starting point, it really wasn't my starting point, but we're going to call 2017 where that was my starting point. I had to take care of myself. I'd have insurance. I had to be able to take, take my dogs to groomers. I had to be able to put gas on my car. I had to be able to afford to get my car fixed when it, when it, when there were repairs that needed, I needed to be able to eat. I needed to be able to have shelter, right? These are the basic things. Well, I was imagining and pursuing this life that I wanted, right? But in the meantime, the reality is you gotta eat. You gotta have shelter. You gotta have clothing. So this is that whole um, um, Maslow's thing, hierarchy of needs. I had to come back down and deal with the survival stuff. So I'm a de- I'm a degreed woman, and I hold I have credentials for me to get a particular job that gives me some decent money. Because if there was a time I was trying to bypass those degrees, I didn't want to go into the work of my degrees. For valid reason, for a valid reason, and that's separate. I, I don't even want to try to explain it to you right now. So I was trying to go into other jobs. Well, I don't have the degrees for those other jobs. I don't have the experience for those other jobs. Yet I'm I'm a high, I'm 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 a fairly decorated professional. So it was hard for me to get somebody to let me come in and do an entry come in entry level into their job. It was, that was hard. And then when I did, I didn't make any money. I didn't make enough money. I didn't make enough money for me to really meet my survival needs. So I ended up going to do, going back to do work that related to my, my degrees and my training and my experience, right? Fine. Decent money. Decent. Not rolling in money, but basic survival stuff. That would have been perfect, right? Not a lot of money, but enough so that I can continue to work on the vision. This is so good because I think I did an episode in August of 2020 that was like, what's next? What's next? I got to go find it. I did it on this project. I got to go back and listen to it. This is really good. For me, I don't know what is how it's sounding for you, but y'all just bear with me because this is really, this is really helping me out. So it would have been perfect if I would have been able to that that job that I started in 2019, because I had some other jobs, y'all, but the job that I started in 2019 was the first job that I had that took care of all of my survival needs took me to 2019. Now, it wasn't, I hold three degrees. I have about five licenses to, to uh, function as an educator. That particular job that I took in 2019 was purely based off of my first degree, my bachelor's degree. And it was based off of one of my licenses. Right? I, just, I went back. And I utilized my credentials, not all of them. There's a reason why I didn't pursue, that's not true. There were times when I tried to pursue jobs that encompassed more of the credentials, but because I had been working outside of the work and I wasn't as, a, I wasn't as attractive to those employers because I had been outside of employment because I'd been working on my own or working in other industries and so on. Anyway, I had to come back in fine. Came back in, took a job based off that first degree and one license. I did that for a year. I left that because I did not, I could not work for that principal. I was in a school. I could not work for that principal anymore. I could not. I'll uh, talk about that in a minute. So I left and went to another place that required just that first degree again, but maybe instead of one license, now this picked up two maybe three of maybe three of my licenses, right? So I kind of climbed up in terms of doing more where I remember where I was at in the parking lot of Walmart. I shouldn't even, I'm not even, I'm not endorsing Walmart, but that's where I was at. Um, um, I hate that I even just mentioned the name of that store because I'm not endorsing it, but I was in the parking lot and I had to tell my principal I was resigning. And I was like, here's why, because I get to use more of my, my certification. And that was mm, kind of true. The other part was I didn't want to work for her anymore. Okay. I go into that second job. I started that one in 2020. And instead of there being a boss that I didn't want to work with, my coworkers were engaging me in battles that I did not know how to circumvent. And there's a reason for that. I'm going to park that. I could have hung in there. I could have hung into that job. It wasn't terrible. But in the midst of me hanging in there, somebody told me about another position. I was like, oh, let's do that. Now that's going to require more. That's going to require my second degree. And more of my license, right? So each time, each position I took, I climbed. There was a climb. And this past year, and I took that job in 2021. And what happened to me in this last year is what I finally understood what was happening to me all along. There is a leadership part of me that should not be ignored. There's a leadership part of me that should not be ignored. And I've been ignoring it because I don't, I've been ignoring it. I don't even, I don't even know why. That's a whole separate reflection. I don't even know why. What do you guys hear me say? I'm a trained and practicing educator and social scientist of about 30 years. Half of that time has been in leadership. Part of me making that disclaimer is for me. That's not for you. That's for me to remind myself, half of your career has been in leadership. Why do you have a hard time remembering that? Why do you have a hard time understanding that that leadership impacts your orientation in the world? So that was what was happening with that principle. That's what was happening with those coworkers. My leadership orientation could not fit in those spaces. So each time I moved, I was moving as a result of that leadership orientation in me and I didn't know it. And I think there's a lot of that connected to the, um, uh, Enneagram 8. I would, I don't know if all INTJs feel that way. I think, say this is the complication about it. I am an INTJ. In my opinion, I don't have to lead. I don't have to do the leading, but I cannot be behind incompetence I cannot be behind incompetence I cannot be in alignment with incompetence and I cannot cause harm because of someone's relationship to power I cannot do it I just can't do it all right so the position I have now is a leadership position I'm still not the executive leader, but I'm second in command. In my mind, that's better. In my mind, that's better. We will see. (laughs) We will see. We'll see. In my mind, it's better. Um. There's so many things about this job that are amazing, amazing. And one of them is that I'm second in command. I'm second in command to an executive leader who says that she's about sharing power for leading. We're going to find out if she really means that. I got quit. I don't know. That's okay. At least that's what she says, right? And then through that leadership, I'll be able to make make sure that we're doing the job well, making sure we're not harming people. I get to do that. And that is fun and awesome. Awesome. And I want to tell you this. I have almost doubled my income from when I started in 2019. I've almost doubled it, and that's that's the climb. That's the climb that I did in the last three years. So yes, I have had four for the last from two thousand eighteen. I started a new job. Two thousand twenty, I started a new job. Two thousand twenty-one, I started a new job, and now twenty twenty-two, I started a new job. That's you know you're gonna look at my resume and be like what the hell, <laughs> but hopefully someone will see where I was at. Like my sum total, right? And when I went back into the workforce in the traditional workforce in 2019, I was not returning where I left it. So I had to, in some ways, there had to be a climb. Okay. Now in saying all of that, I've doubled my income. I have, I have almost the positionality that I need. Almost. Almost. We're going to see. The jury is out. Like if if this particular leader is who she says she wants to be, I'm fine. Cause I don't have to be the in my mind, I'm still gonna hold to the fact I as an INTJ, I don't have to be an executive leader. Now the type A to me will struggle a little bit. But if people are not being harmed and if people um and if we're do if I'm able to freely move about and do my job. I want to believe that I'm going to be okay being second in command. I want to believe that we will find out you watch this space. We're going to find out, but this is what I believe. Okay. Increase in positionality, increase in pay. That's all I'm going to say. There's some other, there are some other components of the job that are amazing. Really? It's a really good gig. I'm really excited about it. Now let's talk about butt, and then I'm getting ready to close. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start doing my closure right, right now. Let's talk about the butt. The yeah, <laughs> I'm not as worried about my boss. I'm a little concerned, but that I'm, I want to give time. Sometimes time is a friend. Sometimes you just have to have patience, and I want to exercise patience and trust the process. I want to trust the process. It's hard. And then when I talk to people and they're not helping me, so I have to really find the right person to talk to because, okay. I don't want to finish that because statement. Just, Just we're going to leave it at that. The job, the what the job is set to do is this is where the complication comes in. I'm an administrator um, and uh, uh, I'm a director. Um, so that's what I mean by administrator. I'm a director. And the work that I'm directing is about justice. And it's about it's about instruction. It is about instruction. It is about, it's about, let's say that. It's about instruction. And it's about justice. Those are my two passion points. Yay, right? I love doing instructional leadership. And I love talking about justice. But now I'm in an organization, they have their own views on instructional leadership and their own views on justice. And I believe that that instructional leadership, I'm I'm in alignment with them. I'm in alignment with how they want to do instructional leadership is it my way of doing it? No, but it does not it does not conflict with my core values. It does not. The justice piece I'm finding conflict and that's confusing for me because re- the retort of the justice, the re- the rhetoric of the justice. Mm-mm. The, the the aim of the justice, I'm in agreement with. I'm, I'm not really even, in, I'm not disagreeing with how they're going about it. I personally don't want to do it the way they're doing it. I personally don't want to be involved with pursuing justice the way they're pursuing it. Do, yes, I agree with the justice work. I support them doing it, and from the people that I supervise, I want them to feel that not only will I support them in doing the justice work that they want to do, I'm going to fight to protect them in doing it. I'm excited. I get to fight for people. I'm so excited. (laughs) The type A to gets to fight, right? (laughs) Right? I just pray that that fight is not with my my boss. That's my prayer. Y'all pray with me but I'm, I'm excited I get to fight for them doing the justice work the way they want to do it. I, I am suspecting, though, and this is my fear, that they want me to do that justice work, not just right alongside of them, but in front of them. And I don't need an organization for me to do justice work. I do I do my justice work independently from an organization. And that is the that's the conflict I'm having. I'm 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 very nervous about that because if I was hired to do more of that justice work than I was to do the instructional leadership work, Then I'm not going to be able to be second in command. And I don't know. We, I don't know. I genuinely don't know what, I don't know. We won't know until we get there. But, so that's, that was good for me to kind of talk that through because I hadn't told you about the job. It is really about justice and instruction and it's about both of those. And I am going to be happy if, if, I'm hoping and maybe like I've been thinking about well what did you think when you were interviewing for the job? I think I was hoping that I would be able to define how we would do the justice work. Maybe that's what it is. That's what it is. I was hoping that I would be able to define the how when I realize that there are people in that organization that have already defined it. They just didn't have a leader for it. And I, I, I'm nervous about disappointing them. I really am nervous about it. Yeah. because they hired me, they knew they know I have the they know I have the values for justice. They know I have the the literacies for understanding justice, for diagnosing it and for even going after it. They've never interviewed me on how I would do it. They just assumed that there was one way to do it. So it is now my job to say, there are different ways that we can pursue this we're going to have to diversify our lens for justice work. That's actually a good problem to have, right? It's better than the organization I was in that was set to harm kids. The organization I left was about harming kids. And that there's, there was, there was no secret about it. They were they wanted to harm the kids that did not get with the program. And my thing is, if you're going to harm kids that don't get with the program, don't let them come into the program. Have an, have an enrollment requirement. Well, because it's a public school and you can't do that, you have to take those kids in and then you remove them by harming them. That was the method. It was a de facto enrollment process. I need to write that up. A de facto enrollment process. And that is unjust. And so because I wouldn't get with the program, then they enacted a way of trying to, because again, they couldn't just fire me. So they just went through a series of things to make it incredibly uncomfortable for me to be there. So they succeeded. But I also believe they succeeded in that, but I don't believe that I was supposed to be there longer than I was. Like, I'm spiritually at peace with that. I hate the fact that they succeeded about pushing me out. You know, they, but this is what I said. And I don't know how much of this I shared with you guys. I made a vow that I was, they were never going to push me out. My vow was that they were going to push me up. I wasn't going to just quit because I got uncomfortable. I wasn't going to do that. And I kept to that. I don't, there were people like, I don't even know how you're hanging in here. I'm not going anywhere. I said, I'm not going anywhere until I move up. I'm I'm going to, this job is pushing me upward. I was dedicated. I was determined. And then that's what happened. This position came along. I interviewed for it. I'm here. And so we're going to see what this job does. Right. I'm determined that this job can't do anything but push me up. I'm on an upward climb. Now I don't know if that upward climb is about employment or if it's going back to that organizational idea that I had. And this is, this is really where I want to close. This is the question that I have. What is my focus? Is my focus to continue to climb upward? Because I am going to say that I've said this week, I don't know if I said it to you. I may have said it to you in the last episode. I've, I've entertained this question. And I was like, nah. But in the last week I said, I'm either going to be, there are three possibilities. I'm either going to be a superintendent of a school district, a small one. Or I'm going to be a state level or national level politician as it relates to education. Or that organization is going to be up and going. And the sad part about it right now is I don't know which three, which one of the three it is. I don't know which one it is. I don't know that. And I, I don't know it. And I'm not going to say that there won't be any zigzagging in that line, right? They say success is not, success is not a straight line. It's just not. There's some zigs. It's a squirrely line. (laughs) And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because I have now established some non-negotiables. As I pursue whatever, there are some non-negotiables. That bundle of toilet paper that I was joking about in season four, that was phenomenal for me. That was significant for me. Because I want to be forever in a place, in a position where I can buy bundles of toilet paper. That's my non-negotiable to myself. As I negotiate the squiggling line, that's my non-negotiable. The other thing I talked about in season four, I don't remember what the episode was, but I got, a, I got enough plays on that one. So I think you guys appreciated it. I was out walking my dog. So it was one of those recordings where I was outside walking and got all of this background noise. But you guys listened to it all the same. In that episode I talked about, I will not work at 80 under 85% of my potential. I will not do another job where I'm working un- underneath my potential. So those are two non-negotiables. So I don't know if I'm going to go straight to one of those three options, superintendent, uh, a state level work worker, or, um, or that organization. I don't know that, but I know one thing I'm moving forward. My bottom line is I must be in a I must have the ability to buy large bundles of toilet paper and I will not work under eighty-five percent of my potential. And that's what I was doing in 2019, 2020, and 2021. I actually think this job right now is tapping into a lot of my abilities. At least that's the way it is on paper. if 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 what's on paper is real, then we're good. I'm about, I'm about at 85 maybe 88%. Because there are some things I have to learn. Like, how am I going to manage a team that's already defined how the team wants to do justice work? And it's not the way I want to do it. But I got to lead them and support them all the same and get them to trust me. That's completely new for me. It's scary. I'm going to be honest with you. It's scary to me. But there's new muscle to grow. I'm okay with that. There's new learning for me. So I, I don't know what one of those three options are. But, and I don't, I, I suspect it's not going to be a straight line. But I do think I definitely, it is for emotion. It's, how about this? It may not be a straight line but it's going to be a squiggly line going in that direction. Now I pray that it is a straight line. <laughs> Yay. Um, but it is going to be a line in that direction, straight or squiggly. It, we're going, we're going in that direction. And I think the last thing that I have to really throw out here for my own sake for calibration is this. I developed a framework around justice My brand of justice work. I don't one hundred percent. I believe if I presented that justice work to this organization, there is a chance that they would embrace it, and that could be cool because then, if a large, because it's a large organization, at a at a significant level, if that organization uses my 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 brand of justice work, it validates it so that as I'm moving forward, I can say, look at all this organization, this organization valid- valued it. Look what we were able to do with my framework. So it's not a terrible idea to try to get my framework inside of it, but then I want to make sure that I don't lose intellectual um, ownership of it. It's proprietary. And I want to make sure I don't lose that. And I don't know yet how that would look. Probably have to get an attorney for that. part. That's not a big deal. I'm not really worried about that. But there is that piece of the work that needs to be developed. And I don't want to develop it through this job because I want to retain, retain intellectual ownership of it. And no matter which of the three this is something I've resolved. No matter which of the three places I go, that, that brand of justice, that framework, that framework of justice goes with me. And that is what I've just calibrated for, with myself, with in front of you all today. I can breathe now because I was confused about my focus. Like, am I going here? Am I going here? Where am I going? Right? So there are a number of things I talked about in this reflection. I, I, I have put. I think instead of me knowing my exact destination, I know two things about my destination. It is upward, in terms of jurisdiction. It is upward in terms of autonomy, creativity, and independence. It is upward in, in that regard. It is upward in terms of my talents. It is, excuse me. It is upward in terms of my talent. I don't know if it's upward in terms of my paycheck. I don't know if that's necessary for me. I don't really know. Of course, would I like more money? Yeah, you can give me more money. But sometimes with more money, it's political. It then requires greater restrictions. I don't want more restrictions in exchange of money. So the upward... I don't, it's not, it's not necessarily. Now, do I want my, or I want more money to do the work, the justice work, but do I need more income? That's not my priority. I'm not going to say no to it. (laughs) That's not my priority. So, so that's what I've been able to do. Put in that, put in focus. What is my priority? It's upward motion in terms of, justice and jurisdiction and also maintaining my non-negotiables and protecting what is important to me in terms of work, independence, autonomy, and creativity. I wish that I was ending this reflection going, this is my priority in terms of this is the exact way to do it. I don't have that. I don't have that. But I have the aims of it. I have the substance of it. And what did I say in that episode about faith? I don't know what I called it. What does the scripture say? Whether you're Christian or not, just, just let's look at this scripture. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things unseen. It's the substance of what I want. It's not that I don't know the tangible element to it. I know the substance of it. It's upward motion. It is in terms of jurisdiction and justice. And what's important to me in terms of my own personal well-being. Those three things, justice, jurisdiction, and personal wellness. That's that's what's in my focus. Uh, that's my calibration. To now understand I'm not pursuing a job. I'm not even going to say I'm pursuing a business, and that's hard for me. There's a part of me that says I'm not ready to give that up. But I will not pursue that organization if it means I have to compromise On the total me. So. I do believe that the organization. I do believe the organization has to exist. I just don't know what my relationship. I don't know how. I don't know how it's going to go. I don't know. How about this? This This is a better way of saying it. I don't believe that we are here. I don't think the organization is ready for me. So let me, let me say this. The organization must continue to be part of my pursuit. There it is. Okay, let's do this one more time so I can close. Justice, jurisdiction, pursuit, and wellness. Those four things must be. Those four things are in my window frame. That's my calibration. Justice, jurisdiction, pursuit, and wellness. that feels good. (laughs) I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know how any of this lands on you, you guys, but I really would appreciate some feedback on this one. So let me do this. Let me, let me, let me, let me do the closeout. And then I'm going to, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to put it in context for you. All right. If this reflection has had any value for you, please give it a heart. If this conversation about calibrating life, excuse me, work, play, and the self, like oh, word play, authenticity, right? If any of that connects to a conversation you've had in the world, please take this link and share it out. It is a longer reflection, right? So make sure that you do a meaningful share. Find the part of the reflection that is most significant to the conversation that you've had in the world. And be gracious enough to tell the person, go to this minute marker here. Don't have them listen to the whole thing, because really, I'm glad that you listened to the whole thing. Huh? <laughs> okay, all right. Let me do this though. Before I give you, okay, Let me no, 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 no. Let me keep doing. It. Let me keep going. Let me keep going. If my moving about in this reflection has had uh, offered some randomness in you, I'd love to hear that, and I really do. You can find me on my website at yournidom.wordpress.com. On Twitter, yournidom one. Facebook and YouTube, your NIDOM. All right. I'm going to set this, your assignment up. But before I set the assignment up, let me bring this whole reflection into your, into your video, into your backyard. All right. That's an expression. We talk about work-life balance all the time. Haven't you heard that? Got to have work-life balance. And most people center work-life balance as an issue of making sure that you can do it. You can have a career and that you can have a life. And yes, that's everything that I've talked about. But I want to push that. I want to push us a little bit on that. What's underneath work and a life? Work at home. What's underneath that? What is it that you value? What is it that you believe? That should be underneath both of those. Now, everybody doesn't have to have a job that's going to pursue those values, but that job should not interfere with your values. This is what I'm saying about my team that I have to support the way they want to pursue justice interrupts my pursuit. It interrupts my pursuit and it interrupts what I value about how I pursue justice on the side. But I respect their pursuit and I want to support and fight it. I just don't want them boxing me in to make me do it the way they want to do it. And that's what I have to negotiate. So that's fine as long as everything is fine. You do it your way as long as you don't interrupt my way. What, what happens when I come home at night and I go to sleep? I need to be able to sleep with myself and feel good with myself. And what I'm asking you to consider is what is underneath home and work that allows you to feel good about who you are? What's underneath that? You gotta name it. You gotta name it and hold on to it because I'm, I'm telling you, life will fight and compete with you for that. That's your peace. What is your peace? And work-life balance should be based off of the thing that you value. Now, if you value work, and you don't care what you do, all you're doing is working, then that's beautiful. If all you want to do is make sure you have a home, I shouldn't say just, you know, have a home life, fine. Whatever it is that you deeply value, maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what it is. Having a work-life balance based on what you value. And, and I guess if the if the, if your value is simply on balance, making sure that when you go to work, you keep work there and you have ample home lifetime and that's all you value, raise the roof to you. <laughs> that's fine. But I am going to ask you to, to just consider if there's something underneath that. Is there anything underneath that in terms of principles, values, ideas, your sense of self, who you are, your most authentic self? Because that's what, for me, that's what's underneath my work-life balance. I need to be authentically me. I have to be that. That's what's underneath it. What's underneath your work-life balance? So anyway, that's the question for you. That's your homework assignment. What's underneath? What is it that you value? You might not even value work-life balance, so I don't even want to say that. What is it? What is it that you deeply value? And is your life structured around it? Do you have a structured life that allows you to sleep at night because you're living your values daily? What is it that you value? Are you living it? And is there room for calibration? What is your, what is it that you deeply value? Let me say it again. What is it that you deeply value? Are you living it? And is there room for calibration? You guys, it's been a pleasure hanging out with you. Until I come back, be well. Bye.